getting ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. I am your host today. I am joined by Mem, old man Trev, unfortunately, and Albert from Albert JTV. Um, we are going to look ahead to this very, very stupidly early kickoff um, against Leicester. Uh, we're also going to look back at the European uh, Europa League uh, draw of the round of uh, the last sixteen, and uh, we might even talk about Lee Mason. Mop it, boys. How are we? This is this is really unusual for me. Look, lime and soda on a podcast. It, it, it's never been known. It's never been known. It is too bloody early to be drinking beer, though, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I thought Albert, lemon would have been more. You, you meant to go never. <laughs> yeah. You know, the weather smooth is not open, is it? So we can't. You know, it's not a lot we can do. Well, that's true. That's true. That's true. Albert, how are you doing? You all right, mate? Yeah, good. Pleasure to come. Pleasure to come back on, mate. As always, mate. Appreciate it. Good to see you, Trev. Nice to meet Mem as well. So yeah, let's get cracking, man. Yeah, we had to, we had to, we had to dig deep and get Mem out of the um, cobweb. We, we, we couldn't get anybody else in, so like you know, Mem, how are you? I've got a better lighting for you this week. Have you? Where? Yeah, you normally make a comment about how dimly lit the room. <laughs> I've, I've relocated in the house, but we we, we may get some um, effects from the dog occasionally as well, though. <laughs> Don't mention any that in that light. You shouldn't no, speak no. about your Ooh. wife that way. <laughs> I wouldn't dare, Ferg. No, I know you wouldn't. I'm too well, <laughs> no, would I? I'm too well. I'm too well trained now, mate. Too far down that road. And uh, old man Trev, how are you? Well, unfortunately, I'm here, aren't I? This time of the morning, having a put up with you. Nice, nice to see Albert and Mem back. I'll have to suffer you. I'm surprised you're drinking lime juice because I thought you'd have been drinking something that reflects you more, like lemon. But uh, oh, never mind, son. Oh, it's got to be one of those ones. <laughs> never mind, son. I'm, sorry, I'm on that bit of a delay again. I've got about a five-second delay, so it just gives me a little bit longer time to have to listen to you before I can reply. But I don't mind. I can put up with it. <laughs> Boys, you got to get my back here. Like, you know, this, this is... this is, this is. I've missed this, man. I've missed it. <laughs> I'm not stopping till Big Tony comes on and threatens me again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Listen, well, what we're going to do first of all, we will talk about the Leicester game in a few minutes and then we'll talk about the team news that's going to come out and so on. But uh, more importantly, I suppose, first and foremost, this is too early. 10.30 to have a podcast, 12 o'clock kickoff. It's just wrong and all for TV. Mem, you were saying you prefer <laughs> this than a, a 7.15 or yeah, 7.30s we're having? Very much so. Season? I yeah, because we, as I, as I said just prior to going live, we I believe we played four games on a Sunday evening at seven fifteen, and I believe we've yet to come away with anything from them four matches. So as early as this is, as and as unusual a kickoff time as it is potentially for all of us, and yeah, it is early. Um, I'd still rather have the midday kickoff than the seven fifteen on a Sunday night, lads. It's, I'm a little bit superstitious. I won't say the other word, Ferg. No. No, <laughs> we're not allowed to use that word. <laughs> uh, Albert, how are you about early kickoffs? You know, Fergus, I, I actually don't mind to be honest, mate. This is like this is like when I used to play football back in my heyday um, when I was a kid. This this was this was nothing, but obviously um, this is a, this is of a very different standard. But um, I know Arsenal probably fans are not particularly happy that we obviously played Thursday night, 
and we've got an early game. It's not even the fact we're playing on the Sunday, it's the early game on a Sunday. Like, good point. Good I don't point. get the scheduling, but um, Fergus, it is what it is. I don't mind anyway. So, this is something different to have a pod. I don't think I've done a podcast this early in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no, nah, this is all right. I don't, I don't mind it. Mate. I don't mind it. Maybe the footballers feel different, but I don't mind it. Right. And uh, is it the same same time zone up there up north, uh, Trev? Uh, is it ten thirty in the morning up there as well, or? Yeah, it's just about the same time zone, Fergus. Oh, it's too early for me these early kickoffs. Strangely enough, I don't mind twelve o'clock on a Saturday or twelve thirty on a Saturday, but I'm not happy about twelve o'clock on a Sunday. It's, it's too early for me. I'm not like Mem. I'm not. I'm not superstitious. At all, I just, I just think twelve o'clock on a Sunday. If we could have been allowed to go to the games, where would my drinking time have been? I'd have had to be in the pub at seven this morning to get my drinking time in. What's all that about? No, it ain't. It, I'm not happy with it. I'm not. And, and as as Albert rightly says, right? As Albert very rightly says, how does the scheduling work when both teams played Thursday? And now they've put us the early game on a Sunday. It's purely about television, isn't it? I've ranted on about that before, so I'm not going to linger on it. It's all about television running the game, the reason we're early kickoff, Albert. And I thought we should, I think they could have at least given us the grace of a later kickoff today, to be honest. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I think did Leicester played the eight o'clock kickoff, so they're slightly rustier, but they were uh, playing at. Um, at the King Power Stadium, so uh, it's six one half a dozen of the other uh, guys. Uh, Thursday night. How did um, they get on? How did they get on? Uh, they, 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 they didn't qualify. <laughs> they didn't about, qualify. George, <laughs> about the same way as they're going to get on today. <laughs> oh, Arsenal you're right, my son. Yeah, yeah. Also qualified for the knockout stage of Europa League by topping the Group uh, B, picking up 18 points, the maximum points for that stage in the competition. En route, the beat Mould, Rapid Vienna, Dundalk, home and away. Uh, Mikel Arteta overcame Benfica in a dramatic circumstances in the round of 32 over two legs, drawing 1-1 away, a game that we dominated and we should have easily uh, won, and then beating him 3-2 in the whole tie. Um, he's at it again. Um, what's it, Trev, Trev, just to keep you awake there, what do you make of our tie? Uh, we are drawn against uh, Olympiakos. Uh, you should be out there. I should be out there. I, 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 you know, I've chose other places to go to. There's places we've never visited that I'd like to go to. But if you'd have said to me, you've got to go to a place you've been to before, would be Olympiakos every day. I love Olympiakos. I love the area of Piraeus where the ground is. Uh, you can have a great time now. I'm well known in the bar and the restaurant there because we seem to be there all the time. Um, the bloke had me beer on the on the bar before I ordered it. But no, I don't mind Olympiakos. You know me, I love the Greek people. I love that area of the world. And uh, it, I just gutted we can't be back there and book me little hotel again. And I'm telling you now what's going to happen in a minute. Big Terry, my mate, is going to pop up a little comment on here, right? Saying that last time I stayed, I stopped in the brothel, right? I bet you he puts it on here because he's a pain in the backside. Last time we stayed in Piraeus, right? Last time we stayed in Piraeus, just a quick story. I booked this hotel and it's, it's really handy for the ground, for the Olympiakos ground. But honestly, when you walk in there, it is like walking into a brothel. It's all these neon lights in there. It's very dark. And these little flashing neon lights. Well, so I've been told. Actually, it was Terry that told me, so maybe he knows more than, than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it was a lovely little hotel. It, they looked after me. It was just around the corner to the ground. Mm. And I wish we were going back again as well. 
wish we were going back again as well, but we're not. So, Olympiacos didn't make it easy for themselves. Um, they were 5 4 in aggregate, uh, winning 4 2 and losing 2 1 against PSV. Uh, so, I think uh, a bit of revenge, Albert, uh, for last year. Absolutely, Trevs. It's a good thing we didn't draw Shaq to the next mate. I don't know if you would have fancied going there, mate. <laughs> um, do you know what, mate? They don't they play their games in Kiev now, Albert. Don't they play their games in Kiev now? I tell you what, Albert. Albert, it's a story for another time, mate. But I'll, I'll tell you the story about you know we played at Vorska Poltava a couple of seasons ago away, and yeah. the game was cancelled at the last minute in Poltava, and it was moved to Kiev because martial law was declared in Poltava. Yeah. yeah. Because the Russians were getting there. Well, me and a couple of my mates were already in Poltava, mate. That was an interesting trip, let me tell you, when martial law was declared. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. But that's another I got, story. I got a phone, I got a phone call about 11, at, 11 or 12 o'clock at night. He was on a roof garden in a bar, and he doesn't remember it still to this day. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't, no, I don't. I don't. Guys, right, uh, Fergus, that, you can carry on now. Carry the, on, fix <laughs> the fixture is going to be played on the 11th and the 18th of um, March. Either side of those fixtures, we've got derby games. We've got a derby game against Tottenham and a derby game against West Ham. So, you know, it, it's not like it's going to be a, a, an easy run of it. West Ham are on good form. Tottenham, well, they're no better than us really at the minute. Um, mm. And then we've got a, a Europa League game. Um, Mem, what, 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 what's your feelings on on the the draw the when it's uh, timed? Etc. Uh, I, I was okay with pulling in um, Olympiacos. Yeah, for, for naturally for last year's opportunity opportunity to you know extract revenge from last year. But I think we could have potentially had a harder draw, and yeah. Yeah, you could argue that we could have potentially have drawn. I think that everyone was after. Was it Mulder? I think everybody wanted Mulder, didn't Poor they? Or, Granada, or, young yeah. boys, or young boys or Granada? Or yeah, young boys. Yeah, but um, I'm okay. Mold. No, no, okay. that's what grows in Fergus's wallet, man. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. Be, be, you know, I think we normally do okay against uh, Greek opposition. We did beat them there last year, didn't we? And um, shot ourselves in the foot somewhat at home. So I'm actually quite confident that we'll be going through into the last eight. Uh, yeah, I, I. Yeah. I do think we'll probably do um, uh, Olympiacos over two legs, mm. get into this, the last this, eight. Uh, this, it's really about the look of the draw, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this tournament for me, uh, now it, now the tournament's come alive because, as I've said on a number of occasions, the group stages in this tournament, oh. I think the standard is abysmal. It's just, mm. you know, it, like Trevor says, it's just all about creating numbers, creating more opportunities for matches on TV. But now, last 32, last 16 is when this tournament tournament really comes alive. So, I'm now looking forward to it, and, and I hope I hope Dan's right. I, I really genuinely hope that Dan's been right all along about <clears throat> our best route to get back into the Champions League, which is where we all aspire uh, for our club to be. Mm. And Terry has confirmed uh, the uh, booking arrangement of <laughs> and it was hourly, not daily. Says it all. Says it all. <laughs> right. Okay. But, Arsenal. But the are... thing is, though, listen. The thing is, though, Fergus. Right. Him. Him. The pain in the back that he is. He stayed in this other hotel right up this big hill. Right. And 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 mine was very convenient for the ground. And do you know what he said to me the other day? 
Oh, Trevor, I wish we could go, King, because I'd stop in your hotel with you. So he's full of crap, full of crap. And now, not only have we got Terry on our backs, we've got Trolls on our backs now. My good friend Trolls says we've got to say Mulder, not Mould. Now, Trolls is going to nag us all the way through this podcast now. I did say Mulder. Sorry, Trolls, Mulder. I, I did say Mulder, didn't I? Yeah, huh? we did. We did. Well, unless we did. it's Moldy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, right, anyway. Arsenal are monitoring Rob Holding, who missed midweek uh, the midweek win over Benfica um, due to concussion protocols. Uh, Party could make a start after his comeback injury uh, has been a substitute in that match. And men, we talked about Party, and yeah. I know everybody goes on and says how wonderful of a player he is, and I, I've maintained an element of reservation on him because I haven't got as excited as some other people. But you can see the player himself is just so cool, calm and collective when he came onto that pitch. Uh, he, he plays the game at his pace. Um, very composed, very assured. Uh, unfortunately, he's not played enough games for us this season due to the injuries, which is really frustrating for me because if you look at his record prior to him joining us, I think the guy missed something like half a dozen, six, seven yeah. games in a in a five or six year period. Um, whether we rushed, yeah, we clearly rushed him back too quickly for the North London derby, and and that set him back. But he is head and shoulders, in my opinion, head and shoulders the best central midfield player that we've got. I believe he makes players around him make uh, play better. He's just assured. He plays the game at his pace, you know, and. I like him. I like him a lot. I just hope he, hope and pray he can stay fit. I really do. Mm, mm. Um, Leicester will be without James Madison. Albert, will that make a big difference? Because Madison is quite a threat for them, isn't he? It will. It will be a difference. I think they've got some other injury issues as well. But some were already we knew about before in terms of full, James Justin's been fantastic for them at fullback. I mean, yes. what what you know, exceptional. But um. You know, Fergus, our record there is not particularly very good anyway. Um, I think last time we won there was 2015, was it? Um, at the King Power, which is a long time ago. Yep. Um, Vardy's got an amazing record against any top six side, <clears> to be honest with you. Not just, not just us. Um, so, I mean, prediction-wise, I, when I looked at the fixture probably like two, three weeks ago, Fergus and the boys, is that I actually went for a 1-1 draw. Um, and I'm going to kind of still stick with that. Obviously, I'd be very happy if we um, got the win, but yeah, they're missing Madison. Um, he's going to be a blow for them. But they've Harvey Barnes has been on fire this season. Um, Tielemann, he's, nearly, he's nearly as good as Vardy, isn't he? In 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 his own sort of way, you know. Yeah, Fergus. You know what it is with players. I think particularly not not necessarily strikers, but players that play in an in in an, in an advanced role is that goals elevate your game. And Barnes has been exceptional this season. Um, which is unfortunately what probably Awobi didn't do at Arsenal. That's why he didn't make the transition as to, you know, being a top, top player. But, um, yeah, Madison's going to be a key miss for them, but um, they've got other players that can still hurt us. So I'm still a bit on the, I would say... Oh, really, bit... right. Sorry to interrupt, but that yeah. Ricardo Pereira, oh, wow. Yeah. He's just come He's back come from back a long-term injury. Yeah. He was playing for a long time for them. Um, yeah. I think they've put him a bit more advanced now. I thought when he, I, I actually thought it was... I mean, people could rant and rave about Trent being the best right back in the country last year. But for me, Ricardo Pereira at Leicester, He's fantastic brilliant. footballer. Yeah. Fantastic, yeah. mate. Yeah. I'd have him in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, I'd take him. Um, he's very good. There's a there's Trevor, a lot of right there's a lot of right backs I'd have in a heartbeat, believe me. That's another, another, <laughs> that's another, another completely different topic. I've done a set of really, people. Yeah. 
<laughs> I really like him though, Albert. I, I think yeah. the guy's phenomenal. Yeah. Trev, um, Brendan Rodgers is not a man I particularly wanted to have as a manager at Arsenal Football Club. And there was rumours before, after the uh, demise of Wenger, that he was heavily linked with um, with coming becoming the Arsenal manager. Um, that aside, what he's doing at Leicester, he's just building a side that is almost the same starting eleven. Uh, you know, and and they're a difficult team to build uh, to beat, and they are also a team that seems to have cemented themselves in at least the top half of the of yeah. the league. Yeah, you're right, Ferguson. But I'm, I'm a bit different to you, Ferguson, that I wouldn't have minded Rodgers at the Arsenal. I thought that Rodgers did exceptionally well at Liverpool when he was there. He transitioned them nicely. I don't think he was given enough time. Um, it was one of the most famous scenes on telly now, wasn't it, when he got the sack and Henri grabbed Carragher's leg. It made us all laugh. But I thought that I thought that Rodgers was very unlucky to get the sack at Liverpool. And I think I always rated him as a very good manager. And... Um, I would have quite happily had him at the Arsenal with his experience. Quite happily had him at the Arsenal. Um, he has built he's built built the team slowly but nicely at Leicester. <clears throat> Might be worth a few Arsenal fans listening to this. Leicester gave him some time. It took him a little while to to pick up from their trophy winning side when they dropped off and lift them again. And and he's now doing very nicely. In Jamie Vardy, he's got one of the one of the best strikers. In, in the Premier League, I hate Vardy with a vengeance, by the way, right? But I only hate him because he always scores against us, right? I was going to say, why is that? Is he always scores against us. But uh, Fergus, because, and you'll know this, because when Vardy scores, the first thing he does is go to the opposition fans and wind them up. And he stirs them up, right? And he comes to our corner when he scores, Fergus, where we sit and he looks at you and he smiles. And you sit, you stand there in your seat thinking... Which you wouldn't be doing that if I saw you around a corner, pal, you know, and I don't know why he does it. It riles me greatly. It riles me greatly. But you can't take away the fact that he's that he lifts that side, he lifts Leicester City. Fergus, just be, there was something really important you said just now. I just want to go back to and you know what I'm like, mate. I do apologize, but I don't really mm -hmm. mean it. No, that's fine. But the, the Europa League, right? I, I from my perspective as a fan that that goes that's fortunate enough to be able to go to all these away games in Europe. I love the Europa League, mate. I adore the early rounds of the Europa League because you go to all these different places, some some really way out of the way places, you know, and everybody makes you welcome and and you have a laugh and you tick another ground off that you visited and the, the, <clears throat> the, I've got upset. I might upset some people here, but the real proper old Arsenal fans that you know I remember and that they all go to these away games. And I don't mean that disrespectfully to anyone else. Just talking personally for me. So the, the early the, the Europa League is really important. I think if you're not in the Champions League, get in the Europa League and try and win it and do your best and, and get and get get as far as you can, which is what we're going to do. And, and one other thing, you know, Albert just mentioned was it Albert just mentioned, you just mentioned Iwobi, Albert, did you? Yes. Iwobi, yeah, right? Iwobi was 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 one of the best players I've seen at Arsenal running from midfield towards the penalty area, either directly or via the wide, via going wide. But he was the best at that. The, the boy's ball control was was a fantastic, but he was also the worst at finding a pass or in the goal. Yeah. How many yeah. times, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of times, <laughs> yeah. Iwobi has made a cracking run up the wing or a cracking run towards the box and passed straight to the defender. 
passed straight. He panicked yeah. a bit. I think the boy panicked a bit. No and end product. And it was so sad because yeah. if he if he added that little part to his game, boys, it won't mm. be. He's exceptional. Exceptional. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, Fergus. I've ranted on a bit there, mate. No, it's fine. Just to fine. touch on just to touch on Leicester and Brend, Brendan Ingle. You you know I I liked him, Ferg, when we was you know a couple of years ago when we was looking for a manager. Oh, oh no, no, man, stop, man, stop, man, stop. You've got the Fergus disease, my son. You've who's Brendan Ingle? Oh what? yeah, <laughs> train boxing fella, isn't it? <laughs> Brendan Rogers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was very good at it as well, I think, mate. I think he recently passed away, didn't he? But yeah, okay, stand corrected. Did, Brendan yeah. Rogers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it runs a little bit. He's done a fabulous job. Yeah, can't take that away from him. But I think Leicester for the last ten years, I think their recruitment. It's been excellent. The, the backroom management, whoever's in charge of it, has been phenomenal. The players that they've they they are where they are because of the the, the recruitment that of, that's been going on for the last sort of like yeah decade I would say they just seem to be able to find players and nurture them along. I mean they picked up Madison from Norwich for ten million. I don't know what he's worth now, um, but it's yeah. significantly more than that. And they do it right across. Look at their centre halves. Where did they get that four fan from, or has he come through their academy? Oh. I think they bought bought him, didn't they? No, so was that from was that from Saint Etienne? Was it same as with Saliba? Wasn't it? Same as Saliba. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he's, he was he is, with, with he Saliba, is he? phenomenal, mate. We bought. He he looks a player. Have you guys looked at him? Have you seen him? Yeah, he's sure. injured yeah, at the yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. It just just goes to show you the the difference in the recruitment. They took forehand. We took young Saliba, and he's yet to make a first team appearance for us. Hmm. Good point. And it's it, it, it's down to ownership and stewardship of a club, as Julian says, as a really well won club, excellent owners. Mm. Um, unfortunately, the, the the owner got killed in a, a helicopter crash that we know about, but the son has taken on the club and and continued to work with the fan base and yeah. work with with the team, the management, the whole thing. San, you could take. Don't start me about working book. with the fan base. Yeah, I, well, don't start me on about listen, working with a fan base after what's gone on this week. What with the sil oh, silver membership? Uh, so, so for pe for people who oh. don't know, um, uh, red members, silver members, you pay thirty, forty, fifty quid, depending on which level of uh, membership that you you get as a red or a silver membership, whether you get a, uh, a members pack or not. And uh, it's been gone back and forth, back and forth between the Arsenal Supporters Trust, Asia, uh, and um, uh, Arsenal Football Club. And they've decided graciously to give a refund for silver members only because they can't get access to tickets. The difference between a red membership uh, payment and a silver membership payment uh, for, for next year. So £10, thank you very much, Arsenal Football Club. It, it, honestly, they haven't got a bloody clue. Um, Getting back to this game, uh, the Leicester could do the double over us for the first time since 1973-74. We've done that a few times this season. Um, yeah. Leicester have won six of the seven Premier League fixtures directly following Europa League uh, fixtures, where we seem to have a bit of a hangover. Uh, Jamie Vardy has scored 11 goals in the Premier League in his 12 Premier League appearances against Arsenal. On a positive side for us, uh, only... Um, uh, Arsenal have only conceded five goals from set pieces, including penalties this season. So, Albert, it would appear that defensively we are there or thereabouts. And I think Mikel Arteta has that area organised. And if we can get uh, Party and 
it looks like it's going to be Shaka sorted. It's the transition from that midfield to the forward line that we need to work on. Would you agree? Um, with the defence, I'll, I'll, I'm still kind of holding out with that, mate, just because one for the amount of centre-backs that are still at the club, even though we've got rid of quite a few. Um, so I, I don't know where sort of Arsenal, sort of where they're going with who they actually want to go with. Because the thing is, obviously we bought Saliba, who hasn't, like Mem said, he hasn't played a first-team game, um, who we thought was going to be bought into eventually partner um, Gabriel. So I'll hold tight with the defence. It's, it's weird, Fergus. It's been a weird season, mate, because, you know, a few weeks ago, we think we scored the least amount of goals in the top 12, but then we've got like the second best defensive record in the league. And you just think this, this is, this is mind blowing. I don't get what's going on. What, what are we watching? But um, I think, you know what, in terms of sort of looking further down the line in terms of the team, we've got a spine there, obviously with the likes of, um, we've got Leno, we've got Gabriel, even though he's been rusty in the last few weeks, but I think people need to take into consideration that he had COVID and he took time to get back in. And on top of that, we've got very short memories as Arsenal fans because the first three, four month, three, the first three out of the four months of the season, he got player of the month. So Arsenal fans need to remember that with Gabriel. Um we got him we got him as a steal, to be fair. Um so I'm glad Agreed. we got him. Even though he was poor the other night, him and David Louise were very poor. Very, very poor. But um yeah, I think like I said, I'll hold tight with the defense, mate. But I think um sort of going forward in terms of our attack. We still got some. Um, there's still a lot of work to do, mate, in terms of getting the right personnel around the quality that we do have already. Mm, mm. Uh, do you think the issue is probably well? It, it's glaringly, glaringly obvious. Abamyang has uh, in his last 18 goals outside of London, he's only scored one, which was the penalty against Man United. Do you think there lies our main issue? Um, you know what it is with Abamyang. I've been quite pretty consistent with what I've said. Like we've, as Arsenal fans over the years, have been tearing our hair out in terms of the defence. But before we could turn around and say, oh, you know what? The, the strikers are not getting the service. They're not getting chances. But you can't turn around and say that now. If the, if you know, at the point, if the strikers are not finishing their chances, with Aubameyang quickly, I don't know what you guys think because I brought this up before. When we, not, when we wasn't playing well, and, you know, we're sending out certain players or younger players to face the media after certain games. I didn't like that because Aubameyang came out after he scored against Southampton with 1-1 at the Emirates. He came out to the media. <clears throat> and then he'd done the same thing when he came out against Leeds. And I just think, well, you know, front up when you're not playing well, when you're not scoring, as as you would do when you come out after you scored to the media. That I that I don't like. He's been, with Aubameyang, he's been terrible this season. Like that, let's be honest, he has. Um I don't. I, we know, obviously, part of the reason is of outside issues, um, you know, not related to football. But yeah, I don't know what's happened with him, guys. I mean, I understand goals breed confidence, but then he could have had back-to-back hat tricks in the last couple of games. To be honest with you, he's had he's had the chances. I, what I would say in his defence, even though I've been critical of him, at least he's getting in the positions to to score to take chances before. In other games, he was anonymous. There wasn't even shots at goal. He wasn't even getting chances at the goal. He just, there was nothing. But at least he's getting into the position to score the yeah, goal. But, but that comes with it with the guys that are playing behind him, um, Fergus. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think he at least he's he's putting himself in the frame, and it's it just it needs to click and a bit of luck. Uh, Trev uh, Bakayo Saka is only nineteen years of age and become he can become the second youngest player to reach fifty Premier League games for Arsenal after Cesc Fabregas. What a find, eh, Trev? Oh, folks, I've just got to say happy birthday to Jemima. Hello, Florence and Jemima. Happy birthday. Birthday, Jemima. Love you, Happy sweetheart. Birthday, Jemima. Wait, what? Happy birthday. Going back to... Oh, go, going back to Sacco, Fergus. What more can I say about this boy? Every week I rant... For months and months and months now, before people even had mm. faith in Saka, I was telling people, watch Bukayo Saka. We've got someone that is going to develop into the best player in this country, if not the world. And that isn't an overstatement. He is... He has carried this side at times this season. A man of 19 years old. I'm so proud of him. I'm so I'm so pleased for him. And I'm I, I just I just hope he doesn't burn out. I just hope he, he carries on and, and and keeps I can't see how much more he can he can improve. We just need to build maybe some better players around him, around um, the core I, of the team. I mean mm. I am, yeah. I am hearing that no holding party Saka or Martinelli in the starting eleven. Uh, it hasn't been announced as yet, but uh, Chris yeah. Wheatley, who is quite good on on Twitter, he normally comes out with some uh, uh, gems of information. He's saying that Saka isn't playing. Mem, how are you about no holding party Saka or Martinelli? If that is true, uh, uh, um, holding. Based on his recent performances, and I am a Rob Holding fan, yeah, before anyone thinks otherwise. I, I honestly don't think he's been at it in the last few games. Um, Saka is head and shoulders has been, as Trevor said, yeah, he's, he's, he's for someone so young, the boy's a gem. Uh, you know, the world is his oyster. We have put a, 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 an un necessary amount of pressure on him and I think our hero Wrighty has mentioned it and has been quite vocal about it in terms of maybe just trying to protect him a little bit because we are pinning so much upon the young lad's shoulders but he's a fabulous footballer mate he's, he's so good head up footballer right, right side left side doesn't really matter he can see he, he just you know good players can adapt and good players like playing with other good players yeah um just to also elaborate on what Albert said about Gabriel. I think Gab. I think we absolutely nicked Gabriel at the money we yeah. paid for him. I think he's an absolute colossal defender. He's out, boys. If you look, it's if, out. If you if you the look at the team is on if, the screen if, now. Yeah, if you look at like the likes of City, they can go out and spend oh, 65, 70 million on a Ruben Diaz, who I think is a phenomenal centre half. Yeah, hundred percent. I believe Gabriel has got potential to get up there but we're not in a position to go and do 60 70 million and get the finished article we have to go and buy them and nurture them over a couple of years or so to get them up there but i actually think albert that david Luiz might get done no favors to gabriel the other night no. david Luiz was playing he was playing as if he was on a brazilian beach you know being too nonchalant and too casual for my liking yeah. trying to chest the ball to his partner so we can put his foot on it and play a bit of football there are times mate mm. that defenders just need to defend Depends, and yeah. that's my one issue with david louis oh, sometimes oh, oh. hopefully men today he 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 is in the starting lineup it's leno cedric louise yeah. mari yeah. tierney shaka el yeah. nenny jesus christ shaka el nenny yeah pepe I don't get smith william lacazette <laughs> I, I i i don't like that lineup at all Twitch, twitter roll 
Yeah. Oh, Twitter off. It's going to be I will. I can imagine. <laughs> I, can imagine I can imagine me. I can imagine. Yeah. So, Albert, what's making that You know, you know what, Fergus? When we played, um, when no, we played, Le- yeah, yeah. When we played Leeds, right? I thought at, um, a few weeks ago, I said that I'd expected to see about four changes. We saw five. Um, off the top of my head, I'm looking at the screen now to see how many changes he's made. But um, uh, what? Maybe five he's made. Maybe. Um, so I expected that in terms of personnel. Um, I thought Pepe would start. I thought Lacazette would start. Um, I did have a feeling Saka wouldn't play. I, you know, as good as he is, he, the, the boys are right. He does need to be protected, man. Um, so, mate, you know what it is? With, with, the, with the Arsenal starting lineups, I kind of don't really, um, not pay attention to it, but I don't try and sort of predict because Arteta is a hard one to predict, man. I've said it consistently throughout this season that, True. You always throws in a curveball or Twitter's gonna go into a meltdown when they see lineup. So I don't get to if unless it's an outrageous lineup and I, then I'll lose my head. But generally speaking, when I see Arsenal lineups these games these days, mate, I don't sort of um get too worked up as I normally used to. Trev, um we got <clears throat> El Neni and we got Shaka um starting together. That's got to be very, yeah. very, 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 very. Stop me when I'm in a minute. Negative. Trev. It, I, I, do you know what? I'd rather have El Neni than Xhaka, though. I, you know how, you know my thoughts on Xhaka. Yeah. I'll never forgive yeah. him. We had a, a long chat about it the other night, so I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm not going to abuse him, but I'm allowed to say what I think about him because I'm allowed to have an opinion. And if it upsets Mr. Xhaka, that's tough. I don't think he should play for the Arsenal. Um, uh, I... Dan, Dan Potts keeps going on about it and he's got a very, very valid point. I yep. can't see why Martinelli is not getting a kick of the ball. I cannot see why Martinelli is not getting in the side in front of Willian. I can understand why Alba's not playing. Um, and, you know, I can't... I, I, I don't... Yeah, Luis, yes, he had a good game, but he's not consistent enough for me. So, overall... I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Everyone has been mm. saying this week that Smith Rowe and Odegaard can't play in the same team. Um, I think they can personally, but they've got their way today because Odegaard sits on a bench, which will allow Smith Rowe to play more down the middle with with Pepe and Willian either side. So um, I don't know. We always struggle against Leicester. I I I I, I worry today. I only get three points today. The slightest, tiny little hope of top four is gone completely. I think the game today is that important. I think it, it, it defines the rest of our season. And Albert's right about trying to work out Arteta's selections. If anyone says they can, they're a liar because we don't, <laughs> just don't know. Um, and, but you've got to give, you've got to give him until the end of the year and into next year, and then maybe we might see a bit more of a pattern emerging, a shape emerging. The, the, the one thing I don't like the most is the fact that we keep changing the two centre-halves game by game. I really do think that teams play better with a settled centre-half pairing that plays game after game and and only changes if there's an injury. I, I really do think it's important centre-halves play together uh, uh, consistently, game after game after game, and they learn about each other and, and, and learn and learn how each other plays the game. Just before I shut my mouth, I just want to go back to Alba, as Albert mentioned Alba earlier. There's definitely something wrong with Alba this season. I know he scored the odd goal and scored a hat-trick, but he's nowhere near the player he was, Albama Yang. I can't blame him 
they had to name a captain because all that Emery crap about having four captains was the yeah. biggest load of rubbish I've ever heard. So they had to find a captain and they chose Alba. I can understand why they did that. But from my perspective, a captain leads by example and a team follows a leader. A team will always follow a good example and a good leader. And although I'm not saying Alba's not a good leader, Alba is exactly right. He nailed it. Not coming out for interviews yeah. when the team's played badly, but sticking yeah. to being first out the door when you've scored a goal or two and the 100%. team's won. That ain't good leadership. That ain't good leadership. That is, that is bad. How must that youngster feel when, when they're sitting in the dressing room and we've, we've been beaten and Alba says, oh, I'm not going out and doing an interview. Uh, Bukayo or Emil yeah. or Gabby, I, I, go I, out and do the interview, please. You can go out this I'll time. tell you who normally Rubbish. does face the music. Rubbish. Who normally does face the music is David Louise. He comes out with uh, win, lose, a draw. Um, you know, he does. Uh, and he ain't got a brain cell. I'm concerned. I, I agree with everything you guys said about Xhaka, Trev. I'm 100% behind you. I, he would never have ever have that shirt would never have got on his back ever again after the debacle of the, the last year. Yeah. Um, but I've got to say, mate, I think he's a better footballer than El Nili. I am not a fan of Mohamed El Nili, okay? I won't say any more than that. I'm concerned that both Pepe and William are playing. But what I am pleased about is Smithrow playing in the central position yes. because I think we lose something from his game when he's shunted out wide to accommodate mm. Odegaard. And it's too early for Od it's too yeah, early to assess Odegaard. Yeah. I think he's more of a passing midfield player, but Smithrow breaks lines. He can carry the ball. He's always so bright. He, 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 he's got some lovely flicks and touches, and it's always going forward. I mm. think Odegaard is still finding his feet in the league, in our club. The fact he hasn't played a lot of games of late, he to me, to me, he looks like he's way off the pace at the moment. He has shown and expressed. He has shown a few nice touches, um, but the concern I've got about this lineup is I, I can't see how we're going to get the ball up forward quickly. Yeah. Um, with the midfield, the midfield players yeah. that we've got and Pepe, Pepe, I hope he plays Pepe on the left because at least yeah. when he plays him on the left, he's a little bit more direct. Whenever he's on the right, man, he always wants to put his foot on the ball and like, have a look at me, lads. Have a look at me. You know, he's another one that plays football as if he's on a beach, you know. Uh, and no, 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 yeah. Bellerin, no Bellerin, uh, Trev. I, I didn't expect Bellerin to play today, to be honest. I thought Cedric might come in. I'm not one of the Bellerin haters. I, I still don't mind him. I still think he does all right when he's got the right players on that right-hand side of the field with him. I think he struggles when he has to he, when he's work rate up because he has the wrong side player on that side with him. So I don't mind Bellerin. But I've written him in notes earlier, but before I come on, I thought Cedric would play instead of Bellerin. And I've got no problem with Cedric playing on the right. My... my my problem lays Pepe and Willian. Both of them are, are, are one-trick ponies, really. And Willian's effort levels, to say they're zero, is an, is an insult. Although he did pick up in the last game, in fairness. He did better, in fairness. And let's hope that can continue. But Willian and Pepe, both in that front three, it, it's not like having... It's not Saka and Odegaard, is it? Or Saka and Martinelli. So, yeah, no. uh, it worries me greatly. Because not only do we have... Willian and Pepe, not maybe not creating as many chances as the other two would. We've also got El Nene and Xhaka, who won't resist transition the ball hardly at all. So, you know, we're in he's trouble. Playing, is he playing uh, two uh, up front as well? Is he playing Vardy and, and, and Kalichi together? Because Ianacho is just 
He's a centre forward. Is he, is he playing two up front against us, or is he putting one of them out wide? Let's, let's bring up the Leicester side, and I've got a question yeah. for Albert. Uh, so the Leicester side is as follows: obviously, Michael and Goal, Castigan, Evans, some Turkish guy, Thomas Ricardo, Tillemans, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Barnes, Iniatri, <laughs> and Vardy. I have just done that because we got our, our fellow Turk on 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 here. I, I'd, so. I'd have I'd have him in our in our team as a centre back. Yes, I think I know, guys. I know, I know. He was interesting, weren't we? He's a monster. Yes. Proper yes, Turkish fella he is, Ferg. Unlike the one that we just <laughs> got rid of. Um, Albert, uh, <laughs> there was a question that was brought up in the chat by Matt Behan. Um, and it goes on the back of what we were talking about, uh, Dan Potts saying with Martinelli. Uh, what are your thoughts on losing top youth players like Balogun and seems to be exiled by Arteta and crew unless... Uh, rumors, uh, unless rumors he's injured, uh, I don't know. What's your What's your thoughts on some of the some of the youth that don't seem to be getting through? I, I've got my thoughts, and I'll I'll share them in a minute. But yeah, yeah, just quickly touching on Martinelli. Um, yeah, I, I that I just find completely baffling. And what I don't get with I'm going to say sections of the fan base because I'm not going to say all of them is that. <sighs> They go like they'll say something like, "Oh, um, you know, the injury and he's being nursed back." But I'm like, "Well, I'm not being funny." When we played Villa a few weeks ago, and I've said this a thousand times, we're losing one nil with about five ten minutes ago. We've already got Lacazette on the pitch who hasn't got a tune out of the Villa defense all day. Bamyang's come on as a sub and was terrible. We've got five minutes to go, and you bring on William instead of Martinelli. That tells me everything you need to know. And I'm actually not surprised he's not even in the team today. So if I was him, I wouldn't knock that. I wouldn't knock the manager's door. I'd, I'd kick it down and say, "What's going on? Why am I not getting any minutes at all?" But um, yeah, in regards to Balogun, you know what it is. My, my, I think my my thing is is that when I look at Eddie and Ketia, for example, I would say out of the Arsenal youngsters, he's had much more of an opportunity going back from last season to this season than probably any other youngster in this Arsenal team. Um, so I think that's where the Balogun thing coming. Like we saw potential, but it's one thing having potential, but you need to have you need to get game time. You need to get minutes. So I would love to ask Mikel Arteta, what does this guy have to do to get twenty minutes in the Premier League or thirty minutes in the Premier League? What what does he actually have to do? Because let's be honest, the strikers consistently this season have not been consistent. So. If you can't give a youngster who's got amazing potential, uh, who's nailed it, yeah, and who Arteta says he wants to keep, then what's the issue? Why why can he not get any minutes? Now I I've, I flipped that in the sense that oh, if Balogun wants to have a future at Arsenal, if he wants to stay and fight for his place, why doesn't he do it? I get that argument, but at the end of the day, why should he stay when he can quite clearly see that his path into the team, he doesn't have one. And don't get don't get it twisted. Footballers see certain things. So he probably looks at the situation with Saliba and thinks, wow, you know what? They bought this guy for almost 30 million quid. Meant to be the next big thing coming out of France. And the new Raphael Varane, for example. And he can't get any minutes in this Arsenal defence. Are you kidding me? It's a valid point, mate. It's, it's, it, Fergus, is crazy. Yeah. Mm. So the day comes, goes... It's, it's, Go on, mate. Is there not is there is there not some validity in the talk about uh, his representatives being yeah. extremely extremely mercenary 
Um, and he represents quite a few players, the young, young uh, Lane sort of uh, players, and just asking for way too much money too soon. Yeah, I saw, Fergus, you make a good point, because I saw that thing you put up in the Facebook in terms of the agents and the representatives and the money thing. So, no, I, I 100%, I'm with you with that. But if I'm looking at it purely from the point of view of Arteta as our head coach or first team manager, those are the decisions you've got to make. You, it's one thing paying lip service and saying that a guy's got amazing potential and we want to keep him. Well, then play him. Give him some game time. This is a very different season from any other season we've had in the Premier League where the amount of games that we have. Um, so, listen, I've always said, Fergus, mate, with a lot of these Arsenal players, particularly, I would say, over the last five years, I don't have any sentiment towards them. If they want to stay at Arsenal and fight for their place, fantastic. If you don't want to be here, I'll, I'll I'll pack your bags, I'll get you in the car and I'll drive you to wherever you want to go to. That's the way I see it. Because as a club, we're not, we haven't been ruthless enough. Us as fans, we can be. If you don't want to play for the shirt, leave. Simple. I think there's very, there's very few players that I would actually stand up for and give yeah. them the benefit of the doubt. I think probably... Uh, on the surface of it, probably Tierney is is building a reputation for himself, a hundred percent. But but somebody who's already built a reputation uh, is a player I don't particularly like very much. But I give him a huge benefit of the doubt, which is uh, Hector Bellerin, because he is Arsenal through and through. And I, I you know, I, I I think he's past his best, but um, I would give him the benefit of the doubt in in that case. As but otherwise, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I've got a. Uh, quite a big car. I can fit five of you in there. <laughs> <laughs> Trev, thoughts on that? Uh, what's your thoughts on on what Albert has just oh. said? Then, mate, you you know my thoughts on on uh, agents in the game. I don't understand agents. I don't understand how they work. I don't understand what they do. But what I, what I, what I do feel is that they, they they just bleed the life out of our football yeah. game, and they take millions and millions and millions of pounds out of our game. That shouldn't be going to these kind of people. They're, they're, they're leeches on our game. Absolute leeches. They bleed us and they bleed money out of us. Um, as for as for, for the youngsters, Martinelli, who knows what's gone on with Martinelli? One day we might find out what's gone on with him and Arteta. Balogun is the interesting one, right? Because if Balogun's agents are stopping him getting game time with the Arsenal, someone else, if, if that was my lad, I'd be saying, here, son. Get rid of this agent, will you? You're 18 or 19 years old. Get rid of this agent. Give Arsenal a couple of years. And then go back to this agent when you're 21 and you've proved yourself. And then let him get your money for you. But you've not done anything yet. Having said that, Balogun should be... If we lose today, Arteta should be going to Balogun and saying, right, if it pleases you, I'm going to give you the next six games in the first team. I'm going to give you the next six games in the first team. Prove yourself. Prove to me that you're worth a big contract. Don't let your agent be, be, be giving it the big I am. Go out on the football field and let your boots be do the talking. Because Albert's right in what he says about our forwards. And Ketty is not going to be good enough, in my view. He's not going to be good enough. He's had his nope. chances and he's not going to be good enough, right? Lacazette, I love Lacazette. He ups and he puffs and his effort is brilliant. And he, he even looks a bit like a leader. But he doesn't score enough goals. And then you've got Alba, who seems to have gone off on a tangent somewhere else in his in his head. So we've not got a forward that's firing. Why on earth, if we lose today and we've got no chance of top four, why on earth wouldn't we go to Balogun and say, right, young man, now's your opportunity. 
stick your boots on, play the next six games and show me you're worth a contract. Even hold the contract up and say, here, here, Balogun, here's your contract. Go and score a few goals and we'll sign it, you know, we'll sign it six weeks' time because we do Mem need a forward badly. It, I, I, it's, I, it, it, it. Go on. I think you're, both lads have made great points about Trev is well documented what he thinks and says about agents and I agree 100% they do need to be regulated significantly harder than what they currently are um, Albert is bang on what he's saying it is I'm a massive Martinelli fan I'm a big Mikhail Teta fan I, I, I don't understand what's going on there Balogun he can he does need like what Albert said he needs minutes to be able to go out there and demonstrate what he can do and prove you know the worth of the contract from what I've seen of him I think he's miles in front of Nketiah, miles in front of him in terms of his overall gameplay, his game savvy. Um, yeah, I'd like to keep him. I really would like to keep him because I, I, I don't think you can have enough players at your club that come through your club. They will have a so much stronger bond with that football club. Look at Jan Bukayo, look at Smith Rowe. Hmm. I'd like, and he's been there quite a long time, young Balogun. And as I say, I've only seen him on a handful of occasions. But from what I've seen of him, the boy looks like he's a player. You know, he really you, does. You mentioned you, you mentioned Saka, you mentioned Smith Rowe, and 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 you mentioned uh, um, Balogun all in the same sentence. And then I revert back to what we said before about agents. They all have that one agent, and look at yeah. the difference between Smith Rowe. Um, and and Saka, uh, okay, Saka has signed, I think it's a three-year deal rather than a five-year deal. He's on good money, not huge money, but he will be able to command, the way he's going at the minute, he'll be able to command top money uh, at the end of next season uh, or else uh, we'll have to move him on because you can't let him go for free. Um, and I think we will give him top money uh, by the end of next season. Smith Rowe was just signing a new contract, allegedly, uh, for 30 grand a week plus 30 it's grand... It's a progression, uh, it, it, Ferg, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's yeah. to do more about it. needs to be a that lot but, down the road have done it done it for years. They've done yeah. it with um with Harry Kane. They yeah. wouldn't break their their ceiling, and then they get, got them up to two hundred grand a week because it was goal bonuses, appearances, and 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 efficiencies and stuff like that. I think it's the the word I've used before, and Albert mentioned it. We need we need to make better decisions and be more ruthless behind yeah. the scenes with our decision making. Yeah, um, and. You can try as I think we need to work with agents until such time that they get regulated better. George, we want to keep well agents. the players that you want to keep. You, you got <laughs> <laughs> you got to, you've got to, um, you're gonna listen. It, the, the landscape is such that they're, they're here to stay, yeah. So you have to, you got to find a way of working with these guys or working with the guys that the agents that you want to work with. And keeping at distance the ones that you just don't want anything to do with, like the Raiola. What's his name? Uh, Pogba's Min agent, Mino yeah, Mino Raiola. Raiola. Yeah, yeah. You know, or I mean, what's his name? Kier. I'm never going to be able to pronounce his name. Jarabuchin. I yeah. mean, he's well wedged into the club now, isn't he? Yeah. And like, am I right in saying yeah, a few years ago, I don't think we'd have dreamt of dealing with uh, Mr. Jarabuchin, would we? No. So is that Edu's influence? I, I don't know. Fergus. Let me ask a question, Fergus. Let me ask a question, yeah, Fergus. Right, look, would, would I just just something I thought of? By the way, I've just looked at Bukayo Saka Twitter feed while I was sat here. Right, he plays for the club Bukayo Saka. 
what a player's, what a fan's player he is. You look through his Twitter feed. You know, in December last year, he's on his arse and he's saying, sorry, fans, you deserve better. Yeah. He wouldn't take his shirt off and throw it on the floor. He wouldn't disrespect the fans. He knows what it's about to play for the club he loves. But what I wanted to say was, and, and you know, it's a thought that crossed my mind in the past and I don't know enough about it, but would, would a salary cap in the Premier League, albeit a high salary cap, having a salary cap in the Premier League, would that be the end of agents and rich owners? Yeah. Would that see the end of them running our game? I don't... No, no, I don't think it would no. because 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 they, they image rights do other image rights everything else. I I do think there is a valid point about a salary cap. I do something what they do like in American football, um, where I know they do drafts and everything else, but they have the top two players can get stupid money, and everybody else gets still stupid money in our in in yeah. in our realms of things, but more realistic money. And I think that I think post-pandemic, they're going to have to think of something like this because there's no way that the finances of, of, of football clubs can carry on the way they are uh, and, and definitely at championship level and, and, and below. Um, talking about uh, football and just generally, um, yesterday I witnessed uh, the most farcical, farcical officiating of a football game in my life. Um, Lee Mason uh, uh, in the West Brom Brighton game uh, blew his whistle allowed uh, Dunk to take a free, uh, uh, a quick free kick. He scored the goal, and as the ball was going across the line, he blew his whistle again, then denied he blew his whistle in the first place, then realised he did blow his whistle in the first place because uh, somebody in his ear said, yeah, you did, um, then allowed the goal, and then the guys in Stockley Park got the man's back, and uh, they called VAR and cancelled the goal out. Albert, you watched it, did you? Uh <laughs> I heard about it firstly through sort of social media, and um, and then I what I did I did watch the incident. Um, I you know when you think to yourself, this has got to be the tipping point, man. I mean, there's been other incidents this season um, where I, I'm scratching my head, man. I don't I don't know what's going on, Fergus, mate. Um, I think he obviously panicked when the organized the goalkeeper. I think wasn't in. I don't know. Wasn't paying attention. I wasn't looking. Listen. I, I couldn't even talk about the rugby yesterday, but that's another issue. But um, <laughs> oh, oh, well, you got him started oh, now. Egg shape is going to jump in now, isn't he? <laughs> but, 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 oh. You know what? I'm not going to say too much because it was a faster cover. What I will say is, we never the, the the refs in this country should have been embarrassed three years ago, right? When none of them were, we had no officials at the World Cup. That was that should have been the kick up the backside for him to say, you know what? We need to step up our game. But the issue you've got is you've got Mike Riley who's been in the role at, at the PGMOL since 2006 or 2009. Why is he still there? He set the president many years ago for one of the worst refereeing displays we've ever seen. And that's not being biased as Arsenal fans. Any 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 rival football club, you watch that game as a referee and officiate in the game and it's sh- nothing short of a disgrace. But Old Trafford, that, I, I've, never seen it, I've never seen anything as bad as that. And this guy's the head mm. of the PGM MRO. And that and that's the problem. And I don't want to see any of these refs in the Euros next year next year, this year, sorry. I don't see Mem, any of them. You, Mem, you, t- you you talked about Thursday night and the European yeah. referees and Terry yeah. Greenwood in the comments has gone. Look at go. the referee Thursday night, yeah. Cam collected that's on the ball, unlike, unlike our shower of that's exactly what yep. I was t- saying uh, just prior to going live, and we spoke about it in the week. You watched European games midweek. And their officials are just so much more assured. They're so much more decisive. 
They seem to apply so much more common sense. Dare I say, they seem to have more football now than our than our rest, yeah? And is it not time, as Albert said, yeah, it's been pitiful and abysmal for years now. VAR mm. hasn't helped. VAR's actually, in my opinion, VAR's made it worse because they seem to have less of they, they have less authority on the pitch now, yeah? They've got this little video ref in the background that allegedly has got their back. Is it not time for maybe to to ask the European uh, our European counterparts for a little bit of help? Maybe a half a dozen. Let's send our refs over there. Let's take some of their refs, give it three four months, or, or get someone over here to teach our refs better because it's 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 really poor. It's really shocking. And like you, Albert, I won't touch on the England French oval shape refereeing debacle oh. yesterday. Well, yeah, to, 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 oh. to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to our rugby man in the top right-hand corner. Uh, Trev played rugby to a reasonably high standard. Uh, we all use rugby as a benchmark of how VAR is used and how the respect mm. for referees and how referees, and it's so transparent for fans, it's on the big screen and, and, and everything else. Yet again, yesterday, I didn't watch, uh, uh, I, I was watching a far more important game, the Ireland-Italy game. Um, so so <laughs> I didn't watch the, 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 the second uh, second game on the, on the schedule. So, you know, um, uh, it, apparently it was a shit show, Trev. Yeah, it wasn't the best, Fergus. It wasn't the best, far from it. No. But what I will say is that you could you could see what had happened yesterday with the England game. It was it was a referee that had been thrown in the deep end, was put in charge of a game that he wasn't capable of refereeing. Um, he, he, he didn't have... Ref, rugby referees have this aura about them, that they're in control of the game, yeah. and you respect that. And he didn't have that from the start. And and, and as a result, he's, he's one or two poor position, poor. Four decisions got blown up, and, and and the one where he's told Farrell to go and have a oh, chat with his uh, with his play on was probably the worst refereeing decision I've ever seen. But uh, look, I want to start football because because rugby rugby is mm. rugby, but we're talking about football. Yep. And going back, I would mention the game when when Riley was in. Oh, this, is gonna, this better this, this better be good, don't you think? <laughs> it better be good. Uh, listen, what, what, while Trevor is... That's the guy. Yeah. Yeah, Riley, yeah. Yeah. Mike Riley. Yeah. The referees uh, are think... poor to the referees opted. Ironically, Riley was corrupted in that ah. game. It's... It's... The, it's... Ah... Oh. <laughs> he's right. Uh, he's right. He's hundred percent right. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent right. Don't know why you say goodbye. I say hello. <laughs> <laughs> he's hundred percent. We can hear you, fella, but we can't see you, mate. There you go. Go on, Trev. Go on. Oh, hang on. I'll unmute you. There we go. Oh no, you un unmute yourself, Trev. You'll have to unmute yourself. He's right there about Riley. You're though, a nightmare. Isn't he? You are an absolute <laughs> nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I, of course, I, I I'm right about Riley. Right? I'm always right. Yeah. I'm always yeah. Right about Riley. It's, and it's, it's right at the top of our very game. And it doesn't matter yeah. how bad things get. You can always trace it back to the man at the very top if you want yeah. to, if you 100%. need to. And that's where it needs to start. Riley needs to be gone. And then, yeah. but if, but you see, there is a bigger picture, lads. Right. And I've got probably a tiny iota of defence for our referees here. 
in that pundits, commentators, reporters, they don't help the matter either. When you see a commentator say, oh, we touched, he touched a player, so he went down. Absolute rubbish. Touching a player doesn't mean they have to go down. Did you see that dive yesterday for that, strangely enough, from a bloke called Target, the Leeds player called Target, went down like he'd been shot. He hadn't touched. Um, unbelievable. And one of the commentators said, oh, slight touch, so he went down. They've, they've all got pulled together, right? The ref side of rooted a problem. I've got no problem with that. But all this bloody going down at the slightest touch and falling over and rolling around yeah, on the play, floor play, like you've players got don't help and... themselves at all, do they? No, not at all. Absolutely not. They've got no right to complain about referees while they do that, Fergus. No right at all. They've got to put their own house in order and be squeaky clean. And then they can go to the referees with some form of, of substance and say, right, we're all right. It's you, the referee's problem. But it's not at the moment. The players are partly to blame. Yeah. Anybody know if Kalina is still in the game? Albert, do you know if Kalina is still in the game? I know he's not refereeing, but is, is he still... Uh, like Trull suggested, bring in Kalina to teach them a th uh, thing or two. He, he, for Doesn't me, he works for last... FIFA. He works for FIFA, I think. Does he? Yeah, but you know, so. but this is the thing. This is not with the Kalina thing. That's this is not new. This has been this has been spoken about for years. So why have we not made it happen in this country? Mm. I don't understand. Like, um... I was a top referee, man. It, there was quite a few that, like, um, I know, obviously, he went pear shaped for, um. What's the guy that got the death threats? Um, was it Andrews Frisk? Was it the Swedish referee? Yeah, he yeah, was a good Frisk. Player. But yeah, back in but that's a long time ago. But yeah, this Kalina links could have happened a long time ago if they really wanted to make it happen, mate, and to improve the officiating in this country. Listen, it, they they could have done it, but they haven't, unfortunately, mate. Yeah, well, I will, I'll just yeah, say you're exactly what? right, mate. Albert, what? Albert's so right. Albert is so right. It, it, this isn't overnight. This has been going on no. forever and ever, and and just to recap what we said, when you've got Riley in charge yeah. and other ex-refs below him and then other ex-refs doing the training and then the referees that are on the field now, they've got to be rubbish because everyone that's above them, that's leading them, that sets examples for them, that sets their training schedules, was all rubbish before them and they've never been held to mm. account. It needs to start at the top mm. with Riley. Gone. I'll, I'll get rid of it. Where's he? Oh, where is he? Where's he? Final words. It's, like, it's a re it's a reoccurring conversation. All I want to say and finish up with, yeah, uh, the, the refereeing standards have been on a steady steady decline, probably since when Riley done us on our unbeaten run. Yeah. But but um, what I will say, yeah, okay, it's the same for everyone. But because we are at best an average team. You don't hear Man City complaining about the refs, guys. And when we were like up there banging away, the refs were still piss poor and we didn't complain about them that much back them days, yeah? So as piss poor as the referees are, I'm afraid it's, it, a lot of it comes down to the fact that, you know, we, 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 we're just like an average team and don't take our chances. And this game is all about taking chances, as, as will be the case today. If we can manage to take an opportunity or two today, yeah. Goals change games. It changes the entire complexion of the match. Today, hmm. um, I think we're going to win 2-1 today. Albert? And Ub and Uba will be in the goals. Okay. Fergus, I'm going to stick with my original prediction, mate. Uh, I'm going to go for 1-1. I'll be happy to get a win, but obviously I, I think... Uh, yeah, I'm going 1-1. Let's stick 1-1, mate. 4-0, is it, Trev? <laughs> no. We're going to... No. We're going to get beat today, Fergus. 
I don't Trevor. beat myself up for saying it. I hate Trevor. myself for saying it. Stop it. He Stop it. it. But we're going to get beat today. Sorry, man. I've never, <laughs> ever, heard you, today. I've I've never heard you say that. Yeah, I've, I've never, ever heard you say that. Yeah, I've, 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 hell has Lester, a history frozen uh, uh, over. Good side at the moment, and we're not. It's, it's, it's a fact of the matter. I, 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 I know, tend to agree I'm, with you, Trev. Uh, I I'm, 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 can't believe I'm saying it myself, boys. I can't believe I'm saying it myself. I need a drink now, Ferg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, listen, with, with, with our league form, I, I, I get why Trev's saying that. We've lost, more, we've lost more games than we've won this season, Premier League. Yeah, we've lost 11 yeah. games. I mean, if Wolves had won yesterday, we'd be, well, we'd, I think it would be 12. And it's not as, yeah. as bad as that since 94, 95. Go on, Mel. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with my heart. Oh my! Oh, yeah. I, 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 I am. Um, I am. Uh, yeah. So do I. Um, I I'm going to go one 0 to the Arsenal. Uh, it could be what Trev said. It could be what Albert said. But I really don't know. It, it's so yeah. difficult to call any game now. Yeah. Uh, it literally is just a pure guessing game. Albert, Mem. And as always, Trev. Uh, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I might want to, I'm going to change, Fergus. I'm going to change. I'm going to change my prediction because just looking at our side again, just looking at our side again, we've got, we've got Willian and, <laughs> and Pepe and uh, Xhaka and El Nenny. And with that class and with that guile and with that positivity in the side, <laughs> oh, I thought about changing my prediction, but, but no, I'm not going to. We're going to get <laughs> Carry on, Fergus. Your lemon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm saying nothing. Only last thing to say. Come on, you gunners. Yeah, come on, you gunners. Only one last thing to say, guys. Up the arse. Up the arse. Come on, you guns and yellow ribbons. An Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Trevor's the lemon. <laughs>